Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Red Cedar Podcast. Coming to you wherever you get your favorite podcasts. And wow. Let's just start with the the obvious. Uh, Michigan State sniping Mel Tucker in the middle of the night. I think it was about 120-something, I believe, when I first saw the uh, tweets surfacing on Twitter. And first of all, everyone was up after a a uh, heart-pounding, uh, uh, energy-filled finish to the basketball game just hour and a half prior. So in this episode, we're going to get into, obviously, the Mel Tucker uh, hire by Michigan State um, after basically having a lot of people turn us down and pretty much laugh in our faces over the past week. Um, And then we're going to talk a little bit of basketball as we're going into the big matchup this Saturday. And a lot of stuff is going to be going on on campus on Saturday. So we'll get into that stuff. We will talk some football, talk some basketball, and we'll get it going. All right, so first things first, Mel Tucker gets hired after having previously turned us down. Just It was on Saturday, I believe, he sent out a tweet that said he's flattered by the offer but wants to stay at Colorado, um, where he's been at for one year. And so then when he got turned down, uh, basically the whole fan base's uh, reaction was it's fickle or nothing. And... um I think that was kind of the 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 mood of the fan base from the get-go, that it was fickle or nothing, fickle or nothing. And I don't so much believe it. Don't get me wrong, Fickle is a good coach, and I think he has a really bright future, whether he stays at Cincinnati or he keeps having good seasons at Cincinnati and ends up uh, moving on to a, a higher-paying job. I think everyone was so fascinated on him because that was the first name – that was thrown out there. It was a name that was thrown out during the season when people were speculating about D'Antonio possibly retiring. And it's also the same route that D'Antonio came. So they wanted, you know, a repeat of history uh, in in that uh, sense. Um, but so I saw a lot of that going online. Not not a lot of um, Michigan State uh people in the fan base were were asking if basically if our fan base was mad because they that because we thought he uh that Luke Fickle was so good or if we didn't really have any other candidates and to the fan base's point it was we didn't think we really had any other candidates because when uh when D'Antonio first retired on the fourth, um, I first thing I thought of was um, Narduzzi. Would Narduzzi be in, interested in coming back? But I knew that that was kind of um, I didn't give that much um, chance of happening. I guess you know he's. I think he's finally starting to get his footing 
at Pitt, and, you know, he just won his first bowl game beating EMU in the Quick Lane Bowl. Uh, so I didn't really give that much consideration. I thought about Harlem Barnett because I knew, um, you know, he was he was a name that was out there. And clearly over the last uh, couple of days before um, Mel Tucker was hired, that was a name a lot of former uh, MSU football players had thrown out that he needs to be the guy. He needs to be the job. We need to get him back on campus. And I'll get into a little bit more of him later. So basically everyone was, I didn't even think, I didn't even really think or know about Mel Tucker a lot uh, going into the process. I, I, you know, like everyone was reading all the, the boards and, uh, you know, looking at the different options that, uh, you know, some of our uh, writers that I like to follow had put out there. Uh, and he was on the list, then, you know, got reading about him, saw he's worked for Saban three times, been in the NFL, uh, won a championship uh, with Ohio State, uh, won a championship with Alabama, was in the championship game versus Georgia, and uh, almost had a third one there uh, before Alabama came back and won that game. So I was like, okay, he's got experience, you know, uh, didn't really re- read too much into him. Uh, just really started doing some more research on him after we, uh, the news had broke that we had hired him, and I was like, wow, this, uh, uh, he's a pretty good guy, you know, when you start looking to him, and not even just, uh, you know, clearly he seems like he's a really good football coach. I mean, he turned Colorado football into something that that whole community was excited about, and they clearly didn't want him to go, and he seemed like he didn't want to go from everything he was saying he said that it was the hardest decision that he's ever made in his life and I think he you know he really felt loved there and he didn't want to leave but I mean I guess I'm not all for the the Colorado fans or uh, the people on some of the talk radios or talk tv shows who were you know, giving him, giving him crap and giving MSU crap for him leaving after him, you know, already committing back, you know, maybe, I mean, yeah, sure. The tweet looks dumb now, but at the time it was like, okay, even if he wanted to be here, it didn't seem like MSU was going to give him what he wanted or what he needed to make that jump from uh, CU to MSU. So at the time it seemed like, you know, a good tweet for him and, you know, rejuvenating that fan base and kind of like Fickle was doing after he turned down the MSU job, you know, kind of just pouring all this in and getting all this outpouring of love from that fan base. But um, obviously now, I mean, MSU went back, I think it was two times, uh, came back in with another offer. I think it was Monday, but then Tuesday night when he was actually meeting with, I believe it was, um, uh, donors in Colorado he (laughs) um that we uh Billy B and uh MSU came back at him with another offer and that was clearly too good to refuse and for the first time that I know of from being a fan and um since I've been a fan obviously or that I can remember I've been a fan my whole MSU fan my whole life obviously but you know, understanding this stuff, 
um, they backed up the Brinks truck for the first time. And a lot of people in the fan base uh, were saying this was the first time, you know. So it's the first time that MSU has actually put on their big boy pants and put the Brinks truck, uh, backed it up to his backyard and said, hey, this is it. We're going to double your salary. And then this is the big thing for me that I think is huge and that shows me that this athletic department and board of trustees, even though the board of trustees are still ridiculous. And I mean, yes, this is a huge hire for Bill Beekman and you got to give him credit. I still would like to see someone else eventually get that job, but uh, you have to tip your cap to him. I mean, this is, you know, a huge, huge hire uh, for him. But the big thing to me, what I was saying is, a projected, let me pull it up right here, a projected about $6 million. yep, a projected $6 million pool for all the assistants, which trails Michigan just barely and trails Ohio State by like $1.2 million. but we're not going to be Ohio State in terms of, you know, spending, but that's big that we're, you know, finally like, yo, let's, let's play. You know, we've been to the college football playoff. We've won the Cotton Bowl. We won the Rose Bowl. We won three Big Ten championships. I mean, yeah, we've had a couple down years, but I mean, it's like, okay, everyone is obviously sad to see Mark go and uh, him retiring. But I mean, with uh, Ron Burton leaving to go to Indiana, uh, Terrence Samuel, uh, took a job as the wide receiver and passing game coordinator at UNLV. I mean, when you get to a certain point, it's kind of like, okay, this seems like a good time for a reset. And, you know, we've had a pretty successful last 13 years, you know, definitely more ups than downs. So let's put on our big boy pants and play big leagues and, you know, pay these people. And if we're going to do this, let's do it big. That's what, that's the vibe that I got. And I know a lot of other people have got from this whole situation with Mel Tucker. It was like, we're going big. And if we're doing this, we're doing it big and we're going all in on it. I mean, just shortly, shortly after, I believe somewhere in the morning, afternoon, uh, on Wednesday, when it still wasn't official, there was going to be the board of trustees meeting later, but then it started, you know, you started feeling it more and more and more official. Um, it was like, whoa. And then the report comes out about us trying to get the big 10 killer, as they call him, uh, can't remember his first name, Marrow from Kentucky. And basically, well, fast forward to what's projected is we have offered him a salary almost a million, and that was a bump up from I believe he's making four hundred thousand or five hundred thousand, somewhere in that range right there. But so we we're, we're giving him a lot of money. Maybe it was six hundred thousand. Don't have my numbers uh, completely right on that, but. Let me tell you, that's huge because he's not even the offensive or defensive coordinator. He's the tight ends coach at Kentucky. But 
the fact that we're willing to spend that much um, for a guy that can recruit this region probably better than anyone, that's huge. Now, I would really like for us, the name I've seen thrown around out there a lot is Brian Hartland, uh, the wide receiver coach for Ohio State. Um, Yeah, I believe he's a wide receiver coach. Um, I would love to see him as an offensive coordinator, even though he hasn't had any experience. But I would love to see that happen. I think that would be a really good uh, hire. And I don't know if he can be lured away from Ohio State. He played at Ohio State, so... I don't know if he'll if he'll leave, but I mean, if we can give him a nice chunk of change, he has control of the offense. I mean, he's young. I believe he's thirty three years old, thirty two years old, something. I mean, throw him the money. Throw him the money. We got to go big on those. You know, if, if we can get both of those people, I think we'll be set. I mean, even if we do that, he makes some other connections, brings in a good. Uh, you know, defensive line coach. And I would totally be fine if uh, Trestle even stays on as defensive coordinator. I mean, because, I mean, Mel Tucker was the defensive backs coach uh, for most of his, you know, coaching career. So, and he was the defensive coordinator. So you can even keep Trestle, bring in Harlan Barnett, you know, keep the Sparty roots here. And I would be fine with that. Assist with the defense and, I think it'd be good. We need to we need to spend money on people that can recruit and people that can have an innovative offense. And Brian Hartland and Merrill from Kentucky uh, would fill both of those. Uh, Hartline, I believe, won Recruiter of the Year. Um, I think it was last year. Uh, don't have that exactly, but so both of those young offensive mind. Uh, for Heartland, Heartline, and uh, a great recruiter and tight ends coach in Marrow. So, I mean, there you go. And then bring in maybe a, not an older guy, but an experienced veteran, veteran guy who can come in, you know, maybe coach the wide receivers or coach the O-line, you know, get someone, uh, some new blood in here. And, you know, let's keep this, keep this thing rolling. I mean, we, this really has the potential to carry a lot of momentum into the season. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm going to kind of jump into a little bit of expectations uh, right now. But um, first, I want to say I don't – you'd be silly to think that even if we go out and get – we get all these people that names are being thrown around and uh, Brian Hartline and – uh, Marrow and you know he makes a couple. Uh, Tucker makes an, another couple of uh, splashes. Uh, in terms of assistant coaches and position coaches and stuff like that, I'm not gonna go out there and say, "Oh yes, we're going nine and three. We're going ten and two or eleven, whatever. We're going back to the Big Ten championship next year. We're back, baby." No, I'm not gonna say that for next year. You have to think about this, guys. It's what, it's February 13th when I'm recording this, uh, whenever you're listening to this, but it's the middle of February. He's coming in. He even said, you know, he's going to take some time, get to know the team, whatever. Uh, spring practices are going to start here in a couple weeks. You know, the team's working out right now. Uh, it's got really good team leadership and 
you know, Antoine Simmons and, you know, a couple other guys on the team, I think will be really good leaders. But Antoine Simmons is definitely the guy. I mean, he's a guy that spoke at the press conference yesterday. Um, he uh, He's a really good leader, and I believe he will continue to be a really good leader for this team going into this year. But I think if he brings in – if he's able to bring in the right coordinators that he wants to and, you know, he's able to spend this $6 million on assistance, you know, wisely and bring in a couple of big, young, innovative names – I, I'm not saying it's out of the realm of possibility to get seven or eight wins. I know a lot of people are saying, you know, hey, if we go five wins, six wins, or four wins, somewhere in there, you know, maybe squeak to get to a, a bowl game, you know, the quick lane bowl or something, or, you know, pinstripe bowl, whatever, uh, something right at six wins. If we're somewhere around there, you know, that's a pretty good season. And yes, I understand that. but you have to think this isn't this isn't Mel Tucker taking over a team with not a lot of talent. I mean, there's a lot of talent on this team. Uh, you know, we need to find our quarterback, whether it's going to be Rocky, Theo Day, Peyton Thorne, if we're going to look at the transfer portal, uh, any of those. I mean, we have a really good young running back in Elijah Collins. Um, we got a couple good running backs behind him couple uh, good ones coming in the class. Um, hopefully Jordan Simmons is going to sign now. It seems like he really likes the Mel Tucker offer or the Mel Tucker hire for MSU. So he was the one holdout at uh, National Signing Day uh, the day after D'Antonio retired. Uh, but he seems to really like it and he's going to talk to him in the coming days, I believe he said. So we'll see what's going to happen with that, you know. But defense is still talented. We've lost a lot, but Still Antoine Simmons, Xavier Henderson, Michael Dowell, Jacob Panashuk. Um, You know, there's still a lot of really strong pieces on this defense and a lot of young pieces that I think will get an opportunity to play. So, uh, once again, not saying we're going to go win nine, ten games, but, I mean, seven, eight, I think is a possibility. I mean... Uh, seven or eight wins. I think that's a real possibility given the talent that's on this team and the senior leadership and just Tucker's energy. I mean, you can just feel the the energy that he brings, he has brought to this program just in the short, you know, not even 48 hours since he's been hired. I mean, he's brought so much energy into uh, this program where if you look at the last, let's see, Mark retired on the 4th, so in the past eight days or so, I mean, it's MSU fan base morale has been kind of low, starting with the day, obviously everyone's sad, Mark retires, and then the basketball team, uh, we end up uh, losing to Penn State at home, Uh, that was a tough game, and then we go to Michigan on Saturday. Uh, after having the football search, a couple people say no to us, turn us down, say they weren't leaving. And then Saturday, we go into Michigan and don't play with enough energy, and we ended up end up losing to Michigan. And then we go into Monday, start of this week, and uh, everyone's surefire guy who Sunday night, everyone was taking pictures of feet and 
saying it's a done deal. Cincy players and Cincy uh, player group chats are saying he's gone. And then Fickle turns us down on Monday. So that was a big swing of emotions. And then Tuesday, you know, it's like, okay, let's try to get this thing back on the road for basketball, which we'll get into more a little bit later. Um, And then we get out to a 20-point lead, start the game strong. Uh, Started out 8-0, started the game out. And then, you know, we were up 20 at one point in the second half. I think it was like 18 minutes left or so. And then all of a sudden, I'm going to steal someone else's quote, but... um, from the the swing in emotion for this fan base from like 10 seconds left in the Illinois game on Tuesday night to right now is absolutely incredible. We had blown a 20-point lead. Illinois is up by one, but we have the ball, and then all of a sudden Cassius drives to the basket, draws three defenders, a triple team, and just throws it up off the backboard. He said he said it wasn't a pass. He said he thought that Aaron would be able to get it or extra, like someone would be able to get it. He just wanted to get it on the rim. You know, I see him going down the lane. I'm hoping he gets fouled or something. But anyway, we'll talk about basketball later. But then Xavier flies in and uh, slams it home. And then uh, we're able to get, get the stop on the other end. I mean, it was unfortunate. I haven't heard anything about uh, Io DeSumo, um, if he was injured or if he was just a little shaken up. But, I mean, obviously prayers to him. Hopefully it was nothing serious. He's a hell of a player. But but then so we pull out the one-point win there, and then hour and a half, two hours later, MSU hires Mel Tucker. Like, whoa. I mean, and then everything coming in and – you know, the numbers coming in and the excitement about, whoa, we we not only took our big boy pants out, we took them to the cleaners and then put them on and, wow, like, backed up the Brinks truck for these boys and for his assistance? I mean, competing with the likes of OSU and Penn State and uh, that school down the road in terms of money. I mean, we've always competed with them on the field, especially the last 13 years. But, I mean, to compete with them financially, I mean, this fan base was is going insane right now. And then, you know, possibly getting the Big Ten killer to, to come to East Lansing. And, you know, I know I haven't seen anything official on the Brian Hartline stuff, but even it just being thrown out there and it being a possibility, even if it's not from anyone confirmed, just thinking about all these things like, whoa, we have this Brinks truck of money. Like, think about what we can do. And, you know, we have, it just seems like we have so much momentum right now. And that's the, that's the crazy thing. I mean, we needed this. We needed this so badly. And, you know, I think Mel Tucker is going to be a good, good replace, not good replacement. That's not the word I want to use. Good predecessor for Mark D'Antonio, who is the best coach in school history. And we're all going to miss him and his sayings and his attitude and everything and his way to pull out big games and, you know, trick plays at the right time. But, 
you know, this is this is the boost I think this fan base needed going after another tough year and going into spring ball and summer and get everyone jazzed up for the fall. Because, I mean, let me tell you, this fan base is jazzed up and we can't all wait to get out there. I mean, I can't wait to get out there on spring game. I know spring game isn't big for everyone, but I love getting in there. It's kind of a good halfway point, you know, four and a half. Uh, once you get to the spring game, you know, you're, you're four and a half months away from kickoff uh, from April to, you know, the end of August, uh, uh, well, beginning of September this year. But I can't wait for the spring game, you know, and then going into fall camp, seeing all the developments and see this quarterback competition and open up with a Big Ten opponent, Northwestern. I mean, this is this is a lot of momentum, and we have probably the best schedule, home schedule this year that we've had in our history this year. I mean, we got Northwestern coming to town to open the season off, and then we got Miami, Florida coming in. Now Miami, Ohio, we got Miami, Florida coming in, and then we got Michigan, Ohio State, and Minnesota coming in as well. And then obviously Rutgers to end the season and Toledo in there as well. But wow, I mean, besides Rutgers and Toledo, our home opponents, Northwestern, Miami, Michigan, Ohio State, and Minnesota, we got a new coach who everyone's jazzed about. All this money we're spewing out, uh, all of a sudden we're backing up the Sparty Brinks truck and pulling out all this I mean wow I I just don't have words as you can tell I'm jazzed up this fan base is jazzed up and looking forward to it so gonna take a quick break and then we're gonna get into a little bit of basketball and the big game this weekend at home versus Maryland so yes take a quick break and we'll be right back all right so big game this weekend MSU, MSU is hosting Maryland Saturday, 6 p.m. on ESPN. College game days coming to campus, and there's a lot of excitement. Um, after after dropping three in a row and almost almost having dropped four in a row for the first time since 2007. Um, MSU pulls it out Tuesday night. Um, there was a lot of good things. I guess I'll briefly talk about that game. Then we'll get into what's going on on campus this weekend. Um, so we clearly got out to a fast start. Like I said, in the last segment, got up eight, nothing, you know, uh, believe there was a couple big threes to start out the game, two big threes. And then, uh, you know, another two point basket. And then Illinois calls a timeout, eight, nothing like, we're rolling, baby, and then we get up 20 in the first half, and we are still up 20 at with, like, the 18-something, I believe, in the second half, and then the wheels started to fall off a little bit. You know, Cash was in foul trouble. Xavier, to a lesser extent, definitely was a little bit. Um, and then we ended up giving up the lead. The crowd finally gets is, is getting into it, and, you know, they have something to cheer about, and it's not looking good. It's looking like we're losing four straight going into a tough, road game versus uh 
the team that holds the number one spot in the standings right now in the Big Ten. But then, you know, somehow Cash just comes in, he gets called for his fourth foul, which I think was a little ridiculous. And then he puts together uh, two or three big possessions, uh, clutch shots, and, you know, he gets called for a flopping warning on one of them. But, uh, you know, he kept us afloat right there for a little bit with not being able to do too much. And I think a big part there wasn't even something that was part of his offense of game. It was that steal um, in the paint. Uh, well, I guess right outside the paint, but on the bottom. The steal that Cassius had right there was huge because that could have very easily, if he was off by you know, an inch the other way, they very well could have called that a foul. And given the way college refs are, they honestly could have called it a foul either way, even if it wasn't a foul. But he went in there, got that steal, and that was that was a gutsy move. And he got it, and then Illinois has the lead by one. We have the ball. And then Cassius uh, drives to the basket draws three defenders, throws it up off the rim, and Xavier comes in, slams it home. No one's got any timeouts. Cassius, Cassius' shoe fell off, and he's running down the court with a sock and a shoe, a shoe in his hand, running with the sock, uh, with his socks on. Jesus, I can't talk. But then, um, unfortunately, uh, Io Desumu slipped. I hope, hope he's okay. Hopefully it's nothing serious, but He slips, Aaron gets the ball back and throws it up and waves to the Illinois crowd and escape out of there with a 70 to 69 win. I mean, that was huge. You saw how jazzed up their team was in the locker room after the game. I mean, that was a big win. And that was, you know, mentally, that was a huge, huge, huge game that they needed to win, especially going into this um, big game this weekend and the gauntlet that they have remaining in the Big Ten in route to. Um, what could potentially be their third Big Ten regular season title if they can, you know, win their games here down the stretch. But so, yeah, that's I'm not going to spend too much time on that game. I'm going to look forward to this Saturday on campus, man. College game day coming. Doors opening at the Breslin Center, 930. Uh, show is from 11 to 12. Uh, sounds like Coach Tucker is going to be there. That sounds like there's going to be a segment on him, and it sounds like Tucker's also going to be at the game and they're going to honor him, but they're not sure when. Obviously, because we're also honoring the 2000 National Championship 20-year anniversary on during the game at halftime. So much like we did last year when um, with the 1979 National Championship. So. Huge, huge, huge day on campus. So I'll just, I know I've already kind of talked about it, but I'm just going to go through the checklist and break it down. So in the morning, gates open 9.30, show starts at 11, college game day there, Coach Tucker will be there. Um, And so, yeah, that'll be a good, you know, let's get everyone up, let's get going. And then from 1 to 3 on Saturday, I believe the time is, former MSU wide receiver, Benny Fowler uh, just came out with a book called Silver Spoon, and he's going to be doing a book signing at SBS, the student bookstore on Grand River. So 
that's going to be cool. He's also doing one on campus on Friday. I believe it's from 10 to 12 or somewhere in that time range at the bookstore on campus, obviously, and the International Center. Um, but yeah, so there's that. And then then obviously the game uh, at 6 o'clock uh, versus Maryland, who's ranked number nine right now. And they currently hold the number one spot in the Big Ten in terms of standings. And, and then honoring the 2000 National Championship team at halftime. So huge, 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 huge day on campus. Um, we gotta, we gotta play tough. We gotta play MSU basketball to, to win this thing on Saturday and get rolling. You know why? If you follow me on Twitter, you saw, uh, some of the quotes I had retweeted after the Michigan game, uh, after we had lost three in a row, uh, we hadn't won in February. We lost to Wisconsin on the first lost to Penn state on the fourth and lost to that school down the road on the eighth. And we finally win uh, Tuesday night. We've, we lost three in a row and we got the first, uh, uh, a win finally first one in February. And I was retweeting some Kenny Goins quotes and videos from last year when that team had lost three straight and basically said in one of the interview scrums after the, after one of the practices, you know, it's time to see what you're made of. It's nut up or shut up time basically is what he said. And, you know, that's what I was saying. It's, you know, it's time to show, show everyone what you're made of. I mean, your backs are against the wall. You've lost three in a row on the verge of possibly falling too far behind to come back and make a run at a third straight Big Ten title. I mean, and, you know, people were going to be all over it, you know, because we fell out of the top 25. But, I mean, if you look at it, I mean, if we we already won at Illinois, who was ranked 22nd, if we can pull out a win Saturday, I mean, in my opinion, we're definitely for sure back in the top 20. In my opinion, if we pull that off, we should be right back 16, 15, 14, that range where we've been – hanging all season because I mean right now we're currently sitting third in the Big Ten standings and Iowa and Illinois who are ranked 21 and 22 respectively right now are all are both sitting a half a game behind us obviously they both play on Saturday Iowa plays Sunday at Minnesota yes at Minnesota and then Illinois I believe plays Saturday. Yep, they play Saturday versus Rutgers. So I mean they should obviously win that game. So if we can win, we we're we're in control of our destiny. I mean, the two teams above us, yeah, they've both won seven in a row, but guess what? We get Maryland Saturday. We then go to Nebraska next Thursday, so we have a nice little uh one, two, three, four like five days off, basically, four or five days off and get to play a Nebraska team. And then we're off again until the following Tuesday. We get Iowa at home. That'll obviously be a tough game because Luke Garza is a really, really good player, a candidate for Big Ten Player of the Year. And then we get Maryland again. And then in March, we get Penn State again. And we get Ohio State to close out the season. But, I mean, this is, this is a huge stretch. And we play – the two teams in front of us, we play Maryland twice and we play Penn State again. I mean, there's – we control 
how we're going to end this thing, right? So it's this is going to be big, and it's in our court. If we handle our business, then we can go and win a third straight Big Ten regular season title. And I have faith in the team, all on board, that we can do that. You know, but it starts it starts with showing up and playing how we play and making a big time statement on Saturday about who we are and beating a Maryland team that's ranked number nine in the country right now. And with game day there, we have to show everyone what Michigan State and what this place is really about. And you know, we're all on board and we're we're excited. It's going to be a really fun weekend on campus, fun Saturday. Um, and MSU versus Michigan hockey plays tomorrow night, Friday night, at home. And Coach Tucker is going to be doing the puck drop, uh, is what I hear. The game's actually sold out, uh, MSU had announced. So it's going to be a fun weekend all, all around. Um, so really looking forward to it. I think I'm going to end it off here. But thank you guys so much for listening. Going to have more coverage, obviously, going into this weekend. Uh, i have more coverage uh, if as soon as any assistant coaching news breaks for football. And on Saturday or Sunday after the – or, well, Saturday after the basketball game, have some reaction and – We'll go from there, and let's make it a good weekend, gang. Let's carry this momentum, carry this momentum with the basketball team and carry it into into the summer, man, and uh, let's do this. But let's carry this energy that this hire for MSU football has gave to this university, and let's let's translate it to, to basketball as well. Oh, as well, just another quick tidbit. There's been a lot of – Obviously, the MSU Athletics page, uh, YouTube has put out uh, put out the all-access piece on Xavier and Tamiya and Yanni. Uh, you know, the piece, uh, like the, the one-on-one pieces they always do. Uh, that was great. Definitely recommend watching it. And then I uh, just saw on Twitter before I started recording this, they're going to be doing Holly Rowe, who she's an amazing reporter. She's really good at what she does. Um, she's going to be doing a piece on... Xavier to me at Yanni and uh, soon to be baby Zay uh, Xavier on Saturday as well during game day. So that will be really fun and really interesting and can't wait to see that. Can't wait to see everyone on campus this weekend. If you are in the EL area, if not, thank you guys for listening. And I'll see you guys in the next podcast. Peace out, gang, and go green.